When we return Tuesday in the fast lane, are we going to be looking back at an epic choke job or are we going to be looking at an NBA Finals that we know was probably going to happen anyway, but now gets a little bit more tension filled? That is where we begin our votes of confidence. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good, makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. So, Boston Celtics, they've gotten two of the four games they need to pull off the first ever 3-0 deficit turned into a 4-3 series win. First team ever in the NBA if they can pull this off, the Boston Celtics would be to come back from that and get the victory. And they're a two and a half point favorite at Miami tomorrow night. If they win that, they'll surely be a favorite in game seven on Monday night from Boston if that game takes place. Ty, does that game take place? I believe so. I, you can't doubt the Boston Celtics. Like, there's no way you got two back to back wins. Even JB, Jalen Brown calls, like, don't let's get the first win. Then you got the next win. I'm like, hey. I would not be surprised they get the uh, next win, especially in Miami, what's going on. It's like everything's going their way right now. I don't feel great about betting this to recommend. I do like Miami enough to be able to close this one out. I also think the urgency is high enough for Miami. They turned in an absolute clunker. But if you look at the variance, it's not been all that far off, even in Miami's wins. One of them was. Kind of felt like Boston melted down in game three and just Mm. pulled everybody back. But the two wins in Boston, they were kind of could go either way type games. And the pressure is higher. I do trust Eric Spolster enough to be able to get it done. But Boston has at least shown enough fight that I don't feel great about recommending it one way or another. I definitely agree with you. And I mean, if Jalen Brown, Jason Taylor, keep continuing how they're playing, I think there's going to be a, a huge upset that nobody didn't see this coming at all. Because you expect at least 3-0, okay, get serious done. They're going to the finals. Now it's like, Hold on, what's going on right now in Boston? Like It's like they just flipped the switch just right there at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I think you're at that point now where teams have done that, and you can get better. And there's certain scenarios where a team is down 3 nothing, and you can just tell they're not good enough. The Lakers against the Nuggets, you could tell the Lakers just did not have what Denver had in terms of the depth of pieces. Okay, the Lakers have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Well, the MVP, Nicole Jokic, and Jamal Murray were on Denver. Plus, everyone else on the Denver roster, I felt a lot better about than everyone else on the Laker roster. Boston's got the more talented roster from top to bottom. Now, is it by a wide margin? Maybe not as wide as people expected. Do I still trust Eric Spolstra more than Joel Missoula? Spolstra, Miami's coach, Missoula's Boston? Yeah, but I can at least see a scenario where this unfolds. Transitioning in our votes of confidence, we're cut, touching on a lot of different bases, except ironically, baseball. Two nuggets when it comes to football for our votes of confidence. One, earlier today, Arizona Cardinals released wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. He listed the five quarterbacks with whom he would like to play. And the odds are out where his next team could be. Buffalo is the favorite, two to one. Kansas City, four to one. Dallas, not listed, five to one. New England, not listed among Hopkins' desired quarterbacks, seven to one. Baltimore at eight to one. Philadelphia, at 9-1, to one, and the Chargers, where Hopkins said he would go, way down the board at 22-1. to one. If you believe that, then there could be some real value to that. Of course, keep in mind the Chargers 
already have Keenan Allen plus Mike Williams, plus they gave the big money to Austin Eckler, or at least restructured his deal. Not big, but two million bucks more. And they drafted two wide receivers, including one in the first round. I just don't see enough bodies unless Hopkins wants to take a lot fewer dollar, dollar bills, y'all. In the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers. So out of those teams that could potentially be out there, is there one that jumps out to mind to you, Ty, for DeAndre Hopkins next? I don't think he's going to Buffalo because I think Buffalo's going downhill now. They had so many chances, and Josh Allen has a capitalized, so I can't see I can't see him being being a Buffalo Bill. It just depends what he wants. He wants a good quarterback, and I know he wants a defense as well. That's getting more reliable. But I, I, I ain't gonna lie. At first, I thought I was like, if he like, I just feel like the San Francisco Forty Nineers was in my head for some reason. I can see him going there. But I think it wouldn't. I think it wouldn't be a, a, a good fit for him as well because they all. It's just because you know they got the quarterback situation going on. So it's, I think that's out of the picture for me for the Forty Nine ers and stuff. That's what I thought at first. So you thought that, then you talked yourself out of that. I agree because the way San Francisco uses their wide receivers and, and their offensive weapons, wide receivers or running backs. Think Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. They use them in the backfield some, gadget plays, into rounds where they'll hand off to the wide receiver. That's really not DeAndre Hopkins' game. I don't think his game style fits Kyle Shanahan. Never say never, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense. If he wants to go to a team with, I think, a chance to win, and let's be honest, I do think this is a factor as well. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Then I would say that rules out Philadelphia because Philadelphia is already kind of up against the cap. They gave the big deal to Jalen Hurts and they've got their top two receivers set. The two teams that jump out to mind, one, he says he doesn't want to play with a rookie quarterback, but I could see Carolina being a factor. It's a winnable division. Bryce Young, I expect him to be a very good, I I think he's the most ready-made of the NFL quarterbacks right there. But the other one, also the same odds as the Panthers at 8-1, to one, is the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson loves middle-of-the-field type weapons. Hopkins is, he can go down the field, but he's a contested catch kind of guy. Physic, he's not big, but he's physical, plays in traffic, and is comfortable with that. Lamar Jackson kind of needs a lot of that. And I don't think Zay Flowers, who they drafted in the first round from Boston College, great as he was, an awesome story. He had NIL opportunities, but didn't jump on those. I just don't see that as a likely fit or as the ideal fit. I still think Baltimore needs something else in the pass catching department for Lamar Jackson. And when Lamar Jackson has kind of alluded to the fact that he would take a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, that one to me jumps out as well. Shifting over, by the way, little fun exercise here to look at what might happen over the course of the NFL season as well. You can actually get down on this in faraway places, but you know, you see these type of things, so we bring them up. Which is the Thursday night football game that is likely to be flexed out first? And you've got options in weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 of the season. So here you go. Favorite week 13, Seahawks-Cowboys. I don't see it. Seahawks, I think, are poised to have as good or better of a year last year. And if Dallas is halfway decent, I think they'll be. I just, unless Dallas is terrible, Amazon's not going to want to flex out the Dallas Cowboys at Thursday Night Football. Why that's the favorite, I don't know. Next one, Patriots-Steelers. Again, I think the Steelers will be viable enough. Mike Tomlin, William & Mary guy. Never had a losing season. Even if the Patriots are not improved and marginally improved, the Steelers are a big enough brand that even if they're not playing a great team, I think outside of Dallas, maybe Green Bay, they're one of those teams you want on Sunday Night Football. Here's where it gets real fun, though, Ty. These are your longest shots out of the group. Week 16, Saints-Rams. Oh, I can see this. The Rams, they got a couple of stars in Stafford, Cup, and Aaron Donald. 
but they have basically gutted the rest of that roster that was on the Super Bowl. They're retooling in a lot of places. And if injuries pop up and maybe they're still there with Matt Stafford at quarterback, this thing could go downhill in a hurry. Saints, I see a path for them to be improved, but I'm not sold in Derek Carr. There's no flashy player. This is not the Peyton plus Breeze. It's Dennis Allen plus Derek Carr. That one could make a lot of sense. Jets, Browns, if their injuries to Aaron Rodgers and or Deshaun Watson, or they just flat out underperform, maybe. And then the Chargers-Raiders as well, because, I mean, who knows what's going on in Brandon Staley's mind, plus if the Raiders have their own injuries. But to me, if you're talking about the first Thursday night game to be flexed out, if any of them are, I think the Saints-Rams is the no-brainer because I am way low on the Rams. And if the Saints just fail to even come close to being a decent team this year, I think that's an easy, it ain't happening on a Thursday night type game. I definitely agree with you on that one. It just, I mean, the Saints, the Saints, the Rams went through a lot, a lot last season because you know they had a lot of injuries and stuff. So they're definitely come, coming off an injury season. And the Saints really, they still like trying to figure out, they still trying to figure out the quarterback situation ever since Drew Brees re- retired. So, I mean, I have faith in Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr, but. We got to see how he plays and he can prove himself that he's a still still NFL quarterback to be in the league, especially a starter as well. So continuing along in our votes of confidence, because we've got Jermaine Farrell, WFXR Sports Director, on deck. For those that want the tennis thoughts, I've got a couple right now. I have all of these in pocket before the draw came out, and some of these are a longer time ago. But here we go. Novak Djokovic, I got him at about the odds he's at right now. I mean, this was before the elbow injury. I would not play this now because I don't quite know how he feels. But Carlos Alcaraz is a bigger favorite than Djokovic. I can easily see a scenario where Alcaraz wins it. But is he deserving of being the defiant, you know, plus 150, 1.5 to 1 odds favored? That's the type of odds you get on a guy like a Djokovic or a Nadal or a Federer after winning a number of Grand Slams. Alcaraz has won, and it was at the U.S. Open when Djokovic was not allowed to play and Nadal was banged up and Federer had basically retired. So, you know, he still hasn't gone through any of the big wigs in a best-of-five match to win a Grand Slam. Not that he can't. I think he'll do that in due time or win more of them whenever they start to retire. Two of the three, Nadal and Federer, are already gone. But the odds, I don't necessarily like it. Everyone else I've got questions about. A lot of people like Yannick Sinner. I can easily see it. I think his game translated. I think he's got great poise, but kind of a yo-yo type player. Medvedev, I'm not quite buying his resurgence on clay for the men. I don't quite believe in that just yet. Um, I I probably need to see more of it. Don't doubt it, but his game is much more suited to the harder surfaces that are out there, namely hard surfaces like the U.S. Open in the future. So I don't necessarily see it. I don't see a lot of value, and really not on the women's side either. Iga, if she's banged up, doesn't matter, but she's in the same half of the draw as Elena Rabakina, who's kind of been her kryptonite lately, so they face off in the semifinals if they both get that far. And then Arena Sabalenka is the other favorite on the women's. Those three, Sabalenka and Rabakina, are right behind Iga Svatek. But this isn't Sabalenka's best game either. She's a power player, and the clay surface doesn't really go to it. I don't have a lot of value when it comes to that. I may have some on the quarters, but as far as outright winners, I don't have a lot of recommendations on that. And then the Motorsports Weekend going forward. I don't pretend to know what's happening in the Indy 500. Check out the Front Stretch Podcast Network uh, as they've had a ton of that content this past week. Formula One, I'm just going simple. Max Verstappen is at plus money, and the guy always seems to win. Um, I mean, this seems to be the most predictable sport ever when it comes to that. And NASCAR this weekend. Got a couple of them for you. 
He's still at plus money, I believe, for a top five. But Corey Heim, I got him at like plus 105. So it's like $30 gets me, I don't know what, 32 bucks, 33 bucks, something like that back. Okay, cool. You know, I think that's very viable. He's been in the top five in the majority of the races at these type of tracks, the mile and a half to two mile tracks, which Charlotte is. Ty Gibbs, think he's going to be fast. We'll get the full results from practice and qualifying later, but I've got him to win the outright race and his teammate, John Hunter Nemechek, for a top three in the Xfinity Series. I'll likely pull the trigger on Ty Gibbs at 60 to 1 odds, just a small amount before qualifying to win the race outright. Top 10, he's still at plus money for that. We know Gibbs is good there. I think he can hold on for the course of the race. And William Byron and, and Kyle Larson, I think they're the deserved favorites, but they're so short. Wait till practice before you get confirmation on that. When we return, WFXR's Jermaine Farrell, long overdue. So we'll have a long chat with him as we look forward to that in the Fast Lane on the Virginia Talk Radio Network.